He's the only lasting thing. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are, Lord. Help us sing it. The only lasting thing is you. You are forever. You are forever. You are the one that I run to. You are my treasure. You are my treasure. The only lasting thing is you. You are forever. You are forever, Lord. Yes, you are. You are the one that I run to. You're the one, Jesus. You are my treasure. You are my treasure. Others may fail, but you remain. You are my treasure. You are my treasure. Heaven and earth will pass away. They're going to pass away. You are forever. You are forever. And took away my share is only to be here together with you. You may be seated. I want to welcome everyone that's watching us online today. We are live online for the first time since the shutdown. Amen. And it's so good, amen, to have you with us. And we are excited that you have joined us online. Amen. You are not seeing anything pre-recorded today. Straight up, just right, raw from the, from the mouth of all these witnesses. Amen. It's so good to have with us all of the uh, Antiveros and the Shelly and the Anderson family extended. Amen. We're glad that they are here with us today. It was a beautiful celebration yesterday uh, for Lisa and Joseph, and uh, they will, I'm sure, be releasing that for in the very near future. I don't know what happened. God, are you trying to tell me something? But we are so we are so thankful. Uh, that, that they were able to be with us, and we're glad that they're here. They're here with us today. And uh, Joe and Lisa were actually going to come to church today, and I said, you better not. 
I better not see you. This is the only Sunday I'm going to say that. So they, uh, their family was like, what? We thought we was going to get to go to church with you. I said, no. I told them no. Uh, this is the Sunday that you go and you spend together. And so I'm so glad uh, they did it right, and we're excited for them. It's going to be a uh, – they're, they're such a beautiful couple. Amen. We're so proud of them. I want to take just a moment and let you know that those of you that do not yet have the e-bulletin today, it's very easy. How many of you have a smartphone? If you have a smartphone, as you came in, you probably saw a couple of these QR codes sitting around, and we'll have somebody that will walk through. If you want to get the e-bulletin today, you don't even have to text anything. We've made it as easy for you as pointing your camera on your smartphone at this QR code. No contact e-bulletin right there. Isn't that nice? So for those of you that are wanting to stay no contact, boom, just point your camera right there at that QR code, and you'll have the e-bulletin. Brother Dummett and Jeremy are walking around uh, to help you if you want to get the e-bulletin today. So what I'm asking you to do when you get the e-bulletin is I'm asking you to do a couple of things. You can give from there. You can also fill out the e-connect card right from that e-bulletin. So if you are wanting to give today to support what God is doing here, if you want to pay tithes and offerings, you can do that simply by being on that e-bulletin, trying to make it as easy as possible. Is that easy enough? That's easy, right? Too easy. All right, so no, nobody can say, I don't know how to get the e-bulletin. Boom, it's right there. Just so simple, so simple. But God has been so good to us. We are in the process of trying to upgrade our video equipment. We're trying to uh, make everything more simple and make it easier for people who are wanting to come to church, not only in person, but online. And uh, as we move forward, we need your help. So please consider, if you have not already, please consider an offering uh, to help us with that. As we mentioned earlier, we are two-thirds, we were over a little over two-thirds of the money that we needed in order to make this happen. We have already ordered equipment, and we are believing that God is going to help us. So if you want to help uh, with an offering for the video equipment, you can do that simply by uh, putting it into the offering today. There are offering pans in the back as you leave. There are also uh, opportunities you can do that right there online. And if you do it online, just put it in as an offering, and you could just put it in as video uh, upgrade for your note if you have a way to make a note. But other than that, we're going to go back into worship. And uh, I'm so glad that we have King's Kids going on today. How many of you are thankful for King's Kids being back up? Amen. And they are socially distanced, and we're hoping uh, to see some great things out of them here in the next few weeks. God is doing some great things, and those kids, man, they are so excited to get back together. I've had some of them tell me, I can't wait for King's Kids, and now they get to be back over there. I can just imagine Sister Tiffany. We all should probably just pray for her right now. She is probably in it up to her ears right now. They are having a good time. But Lord, bless the King's Kids today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
today, why don't you declare it, I'm going to see a victory, because victory belongs to Jesus, I'm going to see a victory, victory belongs to him, hallelujah, I place my trust in him, I place my hope in him, my faith is in Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, come on, I'm fighting my battles right now. Hallelujah. I trust in you, Jesus. I trust in you, Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice. This is how I find. 
in you, God. Victory belongs to you, Jesus. There's nobody like you, God. you just to say it right now. Nobody else listening, nobody else paying attention to you. Why don't you just say it from your own mouth right now? I'm going to see a victory today. I'm going to see a victory in my home, in my family, in my marriage. Hallelujah. In my circumstance, I'm going to see a victory. I stand on your promises, God. I trust in your word. I'm going to see a victory today. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. In my scripture reading this morning, as I was reading my, my Bible, came across the scripture that just reminded me, and I've been studying some stuff about this, but it, it reminded me that uh, sometimes we have to remind God, just, God, you won't abandon your people for the sake of your great name. You won't leave your people alone. You won't leave them destitute. Why? Because you're a good God, and you won't share your glory with anybody else. And so when my focus is all on you, Jesus, and my focus is on you and everything that you're able to do, and you're the one that gets the glory, you won't abandon your people. You won't forsake your people. You won't let your people down. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He is a God that you can trust in no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way. Amen. Amen. He doesn't slumber and sleep. He doesn't, he doesn't ever get weary. He just continues to be the almighty, the all-powerful. Amen. And forever he reigns. There's nobody like him. And we get to be in his presence. And we get to be, come on somebody, we get to be in his presence. We get to feel that today. We get to experience that today. Healing and miracles and deliverance and love is in his presence today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We have been uh, just started this brand new series that we're in, the Jesus series. And uh, those of you that weren't able to see last week, please catch up. Just watch last week's message when you get a chance. Uh, but we are going to continue on, amen, in our series. And today, uh, because most of you know that there's a wedding this weekend, there's also a memorial service tonight for the Mumfords. Uh, and those of you that are, are would like to come, you're welcome to come, our church members, church family. Uh, because of both of those events going on this weekend, uh, I asked Brother Grace to speak to us today, and uh, he's going to come and speak to us. Uh, Brother Grace was just recently approved a full-fledged chaplain. Uh, amen. And we are proud of him. Amen. And he will be with us until sometime in September, and then... Uh, he will be going back to be with his family for a little bit. 
but that does not rule out the, the possibility of a Fort Knox posting at some point in the future. Amen. And I already told him if he, if he gets it, we'd be happy about that. We'd be happy to have him. So let's welcome Brother Grace to this pulpit today. Everybody say, God bless Brother Grace. Thank you, Pastor Dummett. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad today that we serve a God that knows exactly what we are in need of. He knows what we need today, and he takes what the enemy means for evil, and he turns it around for good. And I'm thankful that I could feel God's presence. I felt a witness in the spirit as we were singing that song. I felt some people who had life experience where God turned the circumstance that the enemy meant to be evil for you, but God turned it around for good. He's that kind of God. Hallelujah. Oh, let's just worship him one more time. Jesus, I give praise to you, God. I give thanks to you. For you are on my side, interceding for my behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks be unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it, it is a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord, feeling God's presence. There is a unity of the Spirit I feel today. We're from different towns, different places, but we, call, we all come together and we feel the same Spirit of the Lord. There's unity. And there's power in that unity. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's power here. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I appreciate the opportunity that Pastor Dummett has extended to us to minister the word of the Lord today. And his word is already anointed. There's no fear in that. Men of old wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and we are here today and to bring forth that word. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, we're going to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. And I am, I'm here today without my family, um, and I'm really missing them. It's been since March, and I was, since I was able to see my wife, and, uh, and it's, the, the days are dragging along, but I'm thankful that, um, well, she's online today, and I appreciate the opportunity that um, she'll have to see me, but I can't see her, but maybe we'll FaceTime later, but it's something to be in calm assurance that you're in the will of God. And I know today that God has me here for a purpose, and God has a word for you here today as well. So Matthew chapter 17, verse number 1, if you found it, say amen. All right. Reads this way. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. That verse is amazing. 
he touched them. He reached out and touched them. And then verse, verse 8 says, And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Someone say Jesus only. With the help of the Lord, I want to minister on the simple subject this morning. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. Your word is very precious, and we thank you for the anointing that we feel in this house today. And we ask you that as we bring forth your word, that you would speak to hearts, that lives would be changed by what we are feeling here today, and let your spirit speak to each life, and let there be an anointing that would break chains in this place. Let every doubt be shattered. Let every fear be banished. And we pray right now that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would have the preeminence in this place why don't we just go ahead and give a hand clap unto the Lord and give praise unto him for he is worthy we bless the name of Jesus Jesus you are worthy of our praise we bless your name oh God hallelujah oh we worship you Jesus we worship you God you're worthy in this place today God we bless the name of Jesus hallelujah thank the Lord hallelujah Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. As you're seated, turn to your neighbor once again and say, Jesus is enough. With the help of the Lord this morning, this subject, Jesus is enough, is something that I hope that is ingrained in each of our hearts because every one of us come here with different circumstances that we're facing. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. So just where were they in this story? You see, Jesus was here with his inner core of disciples, the dream team. There was Peter, James, and John there with him on Mount Transfiguration. Well, I did a little bit of study, and it turns out that they were on Mount Hermon, and it was the tallest mountain in all of the land that they were in, and it was over 9,000 feet tall. So there was Peter, James, and John that were there. They were part of the, what would be called the inner circle. There, we know that there was 12 apostles, and the day of Pentecost shows us that there was 120 disciples that were in the upper room that were filled with the Holy Ghost. So we know that it was an inner core of the group that was close to Jesus. It wasn't the 120, it wasn't the 12, but it was three that was with Jesus, Peter, James, and John. They were there for a reason. And in Luke chapter 9, we find that there is an interesting a part of the story I hadn't seen before reading into it in a little bit more detail, but apparently this actually happened at night. Because Luke chapter 9 tells us that they had been traveling all day, and then they fell asleep, and then they woke up with a start in the middle of the night, and they see this transfiguration of Jesus and how he was there, and it was, it was an amazing sight to see. Because it's one thing to see a bright light in the middle of the day, but if you see a bright light at night, it's a whole different story. Everybody else around can see that same bright light. But there they were, and they saw that bright light in the middle of the night. So what's important in this story? What are we supposed to take away? I would say to you today that the Word of God has already told us what's important in this story. There's three words that are mentioned in this story. Actually, one word that's mentioned three times. All right? Anybody have an idea what the one word is that's mentioned three times in verses 1 through 8? Anyone want to guess? All right. The word behold. Someone say behold. All right. 
So the word behold, it comes from, well, in the original writing in the Greek, it comes from the word idou, I-D-O-U, and it means pay attention to this. Turn to your neighbor and say, pay attention to this. All right. So every time in our text that we see the word behold, it's telling us, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. Now, you won't find that word mentioned in the New, the New International Version. It's only mentioned three times in the King James Version. So I'll give kudos to King James right now for this one instance. All right? But in this, in this interpretation, the word behold is telling us to pay attention. So God, he is already telling us what to focus on. So those three times there is that word, behold. So let's look at what those three times were. The first time we find in Matthew chapter 17, verse number 3. What does it say? Back in our text, it says, and behold. Someone say, behold. Pay attention to this. There appeared unto them Moses and Elias. Now, Elias, it was another take on the name Elijah. All right, so it was Moses and Elijah that were with Jesus, and they were talking to him. So we find that that's important, that Jesus was talking with Moses and Elijah. So what's the big deal about Moses and Elijah? Well, Moses, he was the one who received the Ten Commandments up on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19. So Moses would be considered to be one who delivered the law. Someone say the law. All right. And Elijah was up also on another mountain, Mount Carmel. And he called down fire from heaven, and it consumed the sacrifice and the water. And so Elijah was considered to be one of the foremost of the prophets. So you have Moses, the giver of the law, and you have Elijah, the one who is the foremost of the prophets. So Jesus chose these two individuals on purpose to reveal who he truly was in front of his inner core of disciples. These were the ones that were going to be following on after Jesus had left the earth and carry on the message. So it's important that his inner circle, his core group of followers, knew exactly who Jesus was. So why did God choose Moses and Elijah? I think he chose Moses because he represents the law. And he wrote the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's also called the Torah. And that is five books of the Bible that Christianity and Judaism both hold in common as holy writ. All right? And so Moses is a common figure of leadership amongst all those that were on that mountain that day. Peter, James, and John knew who Moses was. But you know what? Hundreds of years had passed since Moses had lived on the earth. How in the world did they know what Moses looked like? There was no picture in the scrolls of what Moses looked like. But there was immediate recognition. There's nowhere in the scripture that says, this is Moses. He is the one you should listen to. No, there's nothing there to introduce Moses. And now coming from the left side is Elijah. No, there's none of that. But they knew who it was. They automatically knew there's something about it. And I'm telling you here today that there is going to come a time when you and I pass from this life, when we go on from this life, and we're going to go on to heaven beyond, and we're going to be known by our brothers and sisters in the Lord. They're going to know us. Just, It's amazing how it will happen. This is just a foretaste of what's going to happen in heaven. We're going to see others who have passed on before us, and we're going to know who they are. So Moses and Elijah were chosen by Jesus to talk with them that day. And so you have in Moses and Elijah the law and the prophets. Someone say that, the law and the prophets. 
But did you know that Jesus was the fulfillment of both the law and the prophets? Matthew chapter number 5, verse 17, it says, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not to not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. Jesus came to fulfill every bit of the law. The Bible shows us that not one word of the Bible shall turn void, but he came and fulfilled the word of the law. And he also came and the Bible also shows us another example of how a greater than John the Baptist was here, and his name was Jesus. Jesus was there, and he was greater than John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was considered to be one of the greatest of the prophets. He was before the dispensation of grace, but John the Baptist was nothing to be compared with Jesus. In fact, he says, I'm not worthy to be in his presence. I'm not worthy even to unlash the shoe latches of his shoes. And it's holy ground when he's standing there. John the Baptist was a great man, but you know, he was after the order of Elijah, but Jesus was there in greater than Elijah, in greater than Moses. So this is where we see that God responds in the voice from heaven. The second time that you hear the word behold in our text, we look down in verse number five. It says, well, let's back up. Verse four says, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. So Peter, just, just try to picture this. Jesus is looking, and he sees Moses, who had previously been dead and gone, but somehow he's alive and back there, and he, they're, they're all looking at him. There's no question that he's there. But Jesus is there, and Elijah is there. And Peter says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Now, what do you think would happen in heaven when Peter said that? You think there was agreement in heaven? Well, the next verse shows us. Verse 5 says, While he yet spake, behold, someone say, pay attention to this. Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Now, I don't know about you, but I've, I've seen lots of clouds, but I've never experienced a cloud of God's presence. It's an amazing thing, and it happens several times in the Bible but I've not been privileged with being able to see or feel the cloud of his presence in the way that they experienced that day. They was, God was trying to get a hold of his attention because the very previous thing that he had said was, let's build three tabernacles, one for Jesus, one for Elijah, and one for Moses. The Bible that I read tells us that God does not want to share his glory with any other. The God that we serve is a very jealous God. He is looking for us to worship Him and Him only. Hallelujah. Even though Moses and Elijah were great men in their own day, Jesus was the one that was worthy of the praise. And the voice came from heaven as a result of that. In fact, we'll, we'll go on a little bit further. Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, it goes on. It says, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. God used clouds several times in the Bible to indicate his presence. We find that when the children of Israel were, ex, were in the exodus from Egypt, when they were coming out of captivity, the cloud was leading them by day in the pillar of fire by night. And then the inauguration of the tabernacle, the Shekinah glory of the Lord was there. There was a cloud of God's presence. You get the point here? There is a cloud, and it is representing the presence of God. 
And the voice of the Lord is next, soon to be speaking, but His voice is preceded by His presence. We see here, the next thing that we find that the cloud was shown in the Bible is the inauguration of the temple. And the cloud came down and it showed um, condoning of what was happening there that day in the inauguration of the temple. And then Ezekiel's vision in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 5, there was a cloud that descended there. And then finally, in the last book of your Bible, in the book of Revelation, John the Revelator, he sees a cloud. And it is a cloud representing God's presence. And he was in awe of the presence of God. But now, the Bible continues on in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. In the second portion, it says, And behold. Someone say, behold. Someone say, pay attention to this. A voice out of the cloud. So, there was the cloud first, and then the voice that spake and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. You see, this passage tells us three things. Number one, it tells us it was voicing divine approval on Jesus. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, the approval was not focused upon Moses. The approval wasn't focused upon Elijah, but it was focused upon Jesus. The second thing we see here, that there was directed authority given to Jesus. He said, hear ye him. Not Moses, not Elijah, not Baal. Not some other false god, but Jesus. And then the third thing we see in this portion of Scripture, we see that they were being called for obedience to Jesus alone. To obey Him and not any other. To, to obey and follow after Jesus and not Moses or Elijah. And so, you see here, the disciples, they were distracted by the presence of Moses and Elijah. And they were taught about Moses and Elijah from the age of young children. But you see, they missed the point that was right in front of them all along. And that point is this very fact that I want to focus on today. And that is that Jesus is enough. It doesn't matter what other things you may have been taught in your life. When you come into the presence of Jesus Christ, He is enough for whatever you are facing. There is no circumstance that can come against you that is greater than what Jesus can take care of. Because Jesus is enough. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to some people who've been through some times, been through trials and tests, but you know Jesus is enough today. He is the God that has met you in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your time and testing, and Jesus has been enough for you. That's why we continue to come to Him. That's why we cast our cares upon Him. That's why we lean upon Him, because Jesus is enough. But you know, folks, sometimes it's easy for us to get distracted. We live in a world full of distraction. And guess what? The last months, the last two or three months have been one big distraction. And it's affected many people's walk with God because our eyes are focused upon other things. Our eyes are focused upon fearfulness. Our eyes are focused upon the things that are around us and comparing ourselves to one another. But Jesus is here today, and Jesus is enough. I'm so glad to see the people that are here today recognizing that Jesus is enough. But you see, sometimes... We fall into the trap of getting distracted. Back in the day when the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication, there was a young man who applied for a job as a Morse code reader. 
right? And his job was to listen to the sound of the Morse code and be able to interpret what it had to say. In answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the office address and that was listed in the newspaper. And when he arrived, he entered a large, busy office filled with lots of noise and lots of clatter, lots of things that could distract his attention. And a sign on the receptionist counter instructed the job applicants to fill out a form and wait until they were summoned to the inner office. So he did what he was told. He filled out his form and sat down with the seven other applicants in the waiting area. Sat there just waiting like he was told to do. And after a few minutes, the same man, the last one to enter the room, he stood up and he crossed the room, went to the door of the inner office, and he walked right in. Now, naturally, the other seven applicants that were there before him, they perked up and they were wondering, what's going on? They muttered amongst themselves and they, they hadn't heard anybody summon anyone into the office yet. And besides that, he was the last one to get there. Why should he be brought in first? Well, they assumed that the young men who went into the office had made a mistake and he would be disqualified. And with a few minutes, however, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to the other applicants, gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you for coming today, but the job has been filled. Well, there was disgust. They were upset. They were here before everybody else was. They were there before he came into the room, and the other applicants began to grumble and complain to each other. And one spoke up saying, wait a minute, I don't understand. He was the last one to come in, and we never even got a chance to be interviewed. Yet he got the job. That's not fair. Someone say, that's not fair. The employer said, I'm sorry, but all the time that you've been sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand the message, then come right in. The job is yours. All along, the message was being broadcast, and they missed it because they were too busy with the distractions that were all around them, too busy talking to one another. You see, none of you heard it or understood it. The employer told him, this young man did hear it, and the job is his. And so today I would ask you, are our ears tuned to the voice of God? Are our ears tuned to listen to what Jesus is trying to say in this day? There's some things that are interesting to me about this story. The young man was not the first one out there. There were probably other with higher qualifications for the job. There may have been men who were better dressed there that day. Maybe they were comparing themselves amongst themselves and touting their own qualifications. Maybe each one was telling the other why he deserved the job. Maybe they were arguing about who was right and who was wrong for the job and for the position. But they sat there and this young man walked right past them because he was listening. He heard the sound. The Morse code was being ticked out. And he listened to it and he heard it. And so today... We're living in a world that is filled with distractions. And somehow this man, he had eliminated all the, the distractions in his life, all the outside influences. And while others were preoccupied with their own conversations, and although worthwhile they may have been, they missed the main message. And while others were talking amongst themselves, the small, unobtrusive voice of the telegraph machine went unnoticed to them. Even though the quietest sound, it was the most important sound. So today, the one who heard it, 
was the one who eliminated all the outside influences. And so today, the ones who will hear the still small voice of Jesus in this generation are the ones who are eliminating the distractions. The ones that will hear what Jesus will say in the din of the noise of this world are the ones who are listening, shutting out all the distractions around them and are focused upon Jesus. The ones who will block out all the outside influences and concentrate on what God is saying amid the clutter in the hubbub of everyday life. You see, We've all had people say something to us while we were daydreaming. Anybody ever um, had somebody talking to you and uh, you say, um, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you were saying. When we actually heard what they were saying, we just weren't paying attention. All right? Now, now husbands and wives, now I, I know this has happened before. Some people call it selective hearing. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear you. Well, you, you heard everything that was said, but you were just having your mind on something else. All right? Now, and I, I'm reminded of another story of a young man who was talking to his grandfather, and uh, mid-sentence, his granddad said, I didn't understand what you said. The doctor told me I've lost 50% of my hearing. I can hear, but I don't understand sometimes what has been said. And then he said this, and it caught my attention. It really struck me. He said, the only way I can really understand what someone says is if I am looking them directly in the eyes. Isn't that something? Your hearing is improved when you're looking directly at the person talking. I'm here to tell you today that the eyes of the Lord are looking upon us today. And He's looking down to you today. And it's important for us to get our eyes off of everything else and our eyes upon Jesus. Because Jesus is enough. When you focus upon what He will say, it will be enough to get you through your time of discouragement. It will be enough to get you through the distracting things in your life because Jesus is enough. You don't need to search anywhere else. Jesus is enough today. So in order to hear what God is saying, we must remove all the distractions and keep our eyes upon Him. Verse 6 of Matthew chapter number 17 says, And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them. Someone say, Jesus touched them. And he said, Arise and do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, what did they see? They saw no one but Jesus only. You see, what happened there? Jesus got their attention. He said, don't be afraid. He reached out and he touched them. And they looked up to him and they didn't any longer see Moses. They didn't see Elijah anymore. They didn't see the evidence or the leaders of the law or the prophets. All they saw was Jesus and Jesus was enough. And today in your life, Jesus is enough. It doesn't matter what we may have been facing in our past, what you may have come here with some distractions in your life, I'm here to tell you that the hand of the Lord is reaching out to you. The hand of the Lord is calling out to you, and He's reaching out to touch your life. And as I come to a close today, I want to remind you of some things in the Scripture that God is saying to the church today. God has a job for each one of us to do. There is a work to be done, and the position is open. You see, there has been a call that's gone out. The Bible shows us in, in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, 
And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. You see, the invitation has already been given to us all. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, it says, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You see, the call has gone out from Jesus today. Jesus is calling out to you and I today. He's reaching out to us, and it's up to us to shut out all the distractions and focus upon him. And those that come to know Jesus and have felt Him work in their lives, they find in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You see, what is the job? Jesus has given us a job to reach out to this world. But the enemy will try to distract. He'll try to bring things up from your past to distract you. Things that may be well and good, may be wholesome in their own context. But Jesus is trying to get you to focus upon him. Focus your attention and your eyes upon Jesus. Matthew chapter number 16, verse 26 says, For what profiteth a man if he shall gain the whole world? and lose his own soul. But what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. We're all going to have a day of accounting for what we've done with what God has given to us for an opportunity. But I would say to you today that it's not the most qualified, not the most well-dressed, not the first on the scene, nor the ones with the most ability that will get the job. But the ones who will get the nod from the Lord of the harvest are those who will hear the still, small voice of the Lord. Amidst of all the confusion in our world today, you'll hear the voice of God speaking. Those whose attention is not diverted by the other sounds that clamor all around us. Those who don't think that they've already arrived and they deserve the job because of their superior qualifications. No. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Hallelujah. It's a gift that God has given to us today. And so we can argue all day long about ourselves and use Scripture to back up why we're right and why everyone else is wrong. But I'm here to tell you today, but the ones in whom God will work through in this generation, in this day that we're living in, are the ones who have eliminated the distraction and realize that Jesus is enough. There's an old song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full into his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. There's a lot of things in this world that needs to grow dim in our lives and allow Jesus to be foremost in our lives. Could we stand this morning or this afternoon, I guess, So you may say, how do I hear and understand the voice of God? Well, you look to Him. The Bible says, I lift up my eyes and I look unto the hills from where my strength cometh, my help cometh from the Lord. It's one thing to hear the voice of God, but it's also another thing to know where it's coming from and what it's saying. John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. 
and I know them and they follow me. Will you follow him today? In the midst of everything that you brought into this service with you, on your mind, on your phone, in your email inbox, all those things that could distract us, that could beset us, Jesus is here today and he's calling out to you. He's calling your name. Jesus is enough. Because when you're fearful, his perfect love will cast out all that fear. Jesus is enough for you, even in times of fear. When you're lonely, Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Jesus is enough for you. When you're weary, Matthew chapter 11, 28 says, Jesus, come unto me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is enough for the weary. If you're friendless, he is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. When family have betrayed you, when close friends or co-workers have betrayed you, the God that I serve, Jesus will never betray you. And those that are close to you have betrayed your confidence, I'm telling you about a God that will never turn against you. He's the only one like that. Jesus is the only one. And lastly today, if you're here, you're in need of salvation. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Jesus is enough for you today. If you're here and you've never been in a place where you've repented of your sins, let me tell you that Jesus is here for you today. He died to pay the penalty for your sins. In just a moment, we're going to go to God in prayer. You don't need to carry those guilts any longer. You don't need to carry sins any longer. You're in the right place. And Jesus is here. And he's the only one that matters. Yes, there's other people here. Yes, there's other people that are in, in this room. But he is the only one. Someone say Jesus only. Jesus is enough. And if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, Jesus is enough for you. Today is your day. We have warm water in the baptistry. We have robes here. There's a private place to be changed. And you can be baptized and go home in dry clothes, but go home a different way. Because Jesus is enough. So I'm going to open this altar in just a moment. And it's going to be open to you today. And I realize that we're observing social distancing. And, and, and if you're up around the altar and somebody is nearby you and you have a mask with you and you want to pray with somebody else, please be respectful. But Jesus is here today. And the most important thing is that you meet up with Jesus. Now, there is nothing magical about the front here except the faith that you give in your walk with God as you step towards the front. You're saying, Jesus, I'm stepping out of where I'm at. I'm stepping out of doubt. I'm stepping out of fear. I'm stepping out of past problems. I'm stepping out of all these things that I've faced, and I am stepping towards you. Is there someone here today that would be willing to step towards Jesus and allow him to be enough for you today? Let us come to the Lord. Let us come. Could you come?
right. The voice of the Lord is meeting you here today. Let's reach out to him in prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I ask you, God, Lord, to meet me where I am right now. I give to you my failures. I give to you my fears. I give to you my disappointments. Lord, the times that friends have failed me, Lord, I turn that disappointment to you, oh God. Because, Lord, I'm leaning upon you. I can't make it on my own. Would you just reach out to him as he's calling out to you today? Jesus, I need you. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, forgive me of any wrong thing that I've ever said or I've ever done. Lord, I'm sorry for carrying on in the way that I've been living. And I ask for you to forgive me. Cleanse my heart, oh God. Forgive me, Jesus. Help me to turn my life to you, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So be it, in Jesus' name. Oh, just go ahead and reach out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Jesus.
Jesus is enough. I, I don't know. Many of you probably already know that Brother Grace and I, we, we talked, but we didn't talk about what he was going to preach today. And it's very similar to what my notes uh, started out being that, was, that I was going to preach today. And then I, I contacted him and said, no, I want you to speak today. God, God is trying to get through to some of us to, to just eliminate distractions from our life. It's election year. There's a lot of distractions out there. Amen. It's like, you know, slide of hand. Don't, don't, don't notice what's going on here because we're looking at this and then look, you know, it's right. And Jesus is like, Hey guys, I'm right here. Amen. Just focus on me. Focus on me. Don't focus on anything else. Amen. And I believe more than ever before, we have, to, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen. He's coming back very soon. And uh, I'm so thankful. Thank you, Brother Grace, for the word today. Amen. I appreciate the reminder. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to just take just a moment and ask you. I know some of you, we've already mentioned this, but if you would, uh, please take time, even when you're here, uh, especially when we start the service, if you would just take time uh, to share the fact that we are live with your friends. Let them know. How many of you have some, some friends or family members that are not here that you wish they would be here in person with you? Amen. Why don't you, every time you come in here and we start the live service, why don't you just take a moment and share that with them, let them know, because they may not be here in person, but maybe you could influence them to watch us online and Nine times out of ten these days, people are going to watch something online before they come into the building in person. So uh, that is a great way that you can very easily reach out to somebody. 
Amen. We've got a lot of great things going on. If you have not yet, please fill out your connection card. We want to stay connected to you. Uh, you can give through the e-bulletin. You can also fill out that connection card. And uh, many of you have already uh, seen that God is faithful. Been going through hard times, but God is faithful. Amen. Some people lose their jobs, but God is faithful. Amen. And it doesn't matter how God does it. I just, I'm thankful when he does it. Happy early birthday, Sister Cooper. Did you, were you surprised last night? For those of you that don't know, Sister Cooper is one of the most faithful ladies in this church. Amen. She technically is not a member here now, but I told her she's got, you know, honorary membership status for life because it was her and her family, Josh, that were uh, the very founding members, first members of this church when Brother Shrum started. And uh, so last night, Sister Cooper, she's worked most of her life. She's worked at least three jobs. And uh, she has always been faithful. I've never known, uh, in all my years of pastoring, Sister Cooper, she's never missed a week of tithes, never missed a week of offerings. She gives, and sometimes I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Sister Cooper, how, how, there's no way. You can't, you can't do that. She's done stuff personally for our family, and, and sometimes I, like, literally, I wanted to just give it back to her. But... Last night, we got to see Sister Cooper be blessed. And her, her children bought her a car. Now, I, I didn't tell you all that just to give Josh and his siblings credit. I told you that so that when you see Sister Cooper high rolling, you'll know God is faithful. God is faithful. Amen. And don't be envious of her because you haven't driven her other car. I mean, well, I'm just going to leave it alone. God is faithful. Amen. I challenge you, be faithful in your tithes, be faithful in your offerings, be faithful in your giving because you can't outgive God. Amen. We are seeing the, the benefits of being faithful whenever we hit this, this ceiling caving in and got to be out of the, the, the sanctuary and what are we going to do and you know, all this stuff that has come the last couple years that we have faced, and we're still here, and we're still having church, and God's still healing. He's still delivering. We're still seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. The church is just moving forward in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, I, I feel like David, whenever his, his elder brother challenged him about why he was so 
persistent about going after the giant. And David said, is there not a cause? And I feel like this church has that kind of a David spirit that says, hey, there's a cause. We're going to move forward. Amen? We're going to be everything God wants us to be. Amen. And I'm so thankful for that. So if you haven't yet, take a moment. Do your online giving. Also check in online. Uh, take, take just a few moments and do that today. And you say, what is that? That's just, it's taking my time. It's, I, I don't need to do all that. When you check in, people see that you checked in. And it inspires them. They think, man, they're, they're, they're having hope and peace and joy. I could have that too. So today, take a moment, check in, share the live feed, uh, give online, do all those wonderful things. And uh, just whatever you do, don't get your focus off of God. Now is not the time to be distracted. Uh, when the bridegroom comes, you got to have oil. When the bridegroom comes, you got to be watching. you got to be ready. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want my family to miss it. I don't want uh, my, my friends to miss it. I, I want to be in tune with what God is doing. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much uh, for being here. And I want to express uh, to you, so many of you that came or gave or uh, supported Joseph and Lisa uh, yesterday in their wedding. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, tonight is going to be a memorial service. Many of you already know uh, that Alexis and Damon Mumford, they lost their baby uh, at about five months. The baby was born alive and then after a few short hours passed away. Uh, tonight is not going to be an easy service, but it's a necessary service for this church to have. And uh, so I'm asking you to do one of two things. Either come and support Alexis and Damon if you're able to. And if you're not able to, would you at least pray for them tonight at 6 o'clock when we have the service, uh, that God would help them and bring them peace. Uh, this is one of those situations that you cannot understand. We cannot fully understand unless, unless you've been in their shoes, unless you've gone through this. Um, I have not. Uh, but my brother and sister-in-law, Jeremy and Christy, they, they uh, went through a very similar scenario. And uh, so I have kind of leaned on them through this. To I, I don't want my words to be hollow. I don't want the things that I feel like God has given me uh, to, to not help this family. But I want to help this family tonight. And uh, so if you would pray for us. I know it, it, it seems like I may be just taking time, but this is, this is so important. If this was your family, if, if this was your hurt, if this was your pain, uh, then it would be very real to you. And they are part of our church family. Um, you know, when, when things like this happen, the devil tries to use these things to separate people from God and from the people that love them the most. And so what we need is we need healing and we need peace. And uh, we need that, that, that sanity to return uh, for them tonight. So would you, uh, if you can't be here and pray with us, would you pray for them at that time? Would you all stand? And uh, Brother Jeremy is going to come, and he's going to dismiss us in prayer. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for your faithfulness. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the service that we've had today, God. We thank you for your love, Jesus, for your faithfulness, God, that's fresh every morning, God. You are great and greatly to be praised. You hold the whole world in your hands. God, we thank you, Jesus, for keeping us safe daily, God. We thank you, Jesus, for your guidance. We love you and appreciate you, and we pray that you would go with us today, God, and be with us through this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dismissed.